The Holy Gospel according to St. Luke. Glory to you, O Lord. The apostles said to the Lord Jesus, Increase our faith. The Lord replied, If you had faith the size of a mustard seed, you could say to this mulberry tree, Be uprooted and planted in the sea, and it would obey you. Who among you would say to your slave who has just come in from plowing or tending sheep in the field, Come here at once and take your place at the table? Would you not rather say to him, Prepare supper for me, put on your apron and serve me while I eat and drink? Later you may eat and drink. Do you thank the slave for doing what was commanded? So you also, when you have done all that you were ordered to do, say, We are worthless slaves. We have done only what we ought to have done. The Gospel of our Lord. Praise Praise to you, O Christ. You may be seated. Grace and peace to you from God our Father and from our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. Amen. Oh, what wonderful nights we've been having. These nice, cool, crisp nights and uh, beautiful days that uh, get warm but not too warm. It's the perfect time of year for having a campfire, isn't it? Uh, just uh, wonderful to, to gather around a fire to, to really appreciate its warmth. I like getting around a campfire any time of the year, but uh, this time you can really appreciate it. It's warm enough you can, you can enjoy it. And, and there is something, right, about looking at a fire, watching uh, as it changes. It's not just this static thing, but it's dynamic. You start it off and it's real small, and then it flames into, into a nice blaze and and it consumes the logs, and then they move around as they, as they turn to ash. And then you look at it, and, and you think it's just about dead, and then it'll come right back up, uh, and, and it changes. And uh, it's just fascinating to, to watch a fire. It almost seems alive in some ways. And you know that sometimes, uh, you know, if you're sitting around a fire after you've cooked your hot dogs and you had that nice big blaze uh, uh, and you're getting ready to do your uh, marshmallows a little later on in the evening, you might have to stoke the fire a little bit, work at it a little bit, poke it with a stick, maybe even blow into it. Uh, Not too hard, though. Don't want to blow it out, but uh, to fan it back into a little bit of life right, to, to, to create that heat in it, or to release the heat that is in the energy that is there uh, in the fire. Now, uh, it is this very imagery of rekindling uh, that St. Paul uses in our reading from Second Timothy today. Second uh, Timothy is uh, one of the, what's called the pastoral epistles. There are three of them, First Timothy, Second Timothy, and Titus. And uh, they are written uh, from St. Paul, uh, 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 the elder apostle and uh, teacher in the faith, father in the faith, written to these young pastors, Timothy and Titus. Uh, and, uh, and this letter, 2 Timothy, is generally thought to be the last of St. Paul's letters, at least the last of the ones that we have included in our scriptures. And, uh, and it is written as St. Paul is ready to pour himself out. He sees his days as an apostle uh, serving the Lord on earth in time are coming to a close, uh, and he is passing on the mantle to the next generation, this young pastor, Timothy. 
Uh, And you heard in that reading how St. Paul, uh, as you know from reading, you know, and and remembering the scriptures, uh, St. Paul underwent a lot of suffering for the work that he did. And he's trying to prepare this young Timothy. You know, if it was hard for me, it's not going to be any easier for you. Uh, And so he's writing this letter to encourage him. Uh, to literally pour courage into young Timothy, this pastor, uh, as he prepares to do, uh, to continue doing ministry, uh, but without, at some point in the near future, the Apostle Paul there uh, present uh, to encourage him, uh, uh, or even, as it is, in prison to encourage him with letters. He's going to be doing it not on his own, but without that mentor uh, over uh, overlooking him. You know, this letter, uh, along with all these pastoral epistles, they are written to pastors, and so, so as clergy, we can, we can glean a lot from them, but they are really written to the whole church, and there's so much we can learn, and particularly this part about rekindling. Uh, he says, For this reason I remind you to rekindle the gift of God that is within you through the laying on of my hands. The laying on of hands is uh, a reference to Timothy's ordination, uh, and, uh, and this is a way of prayer by which the Holy Spirit was called down upon Timothy to, uh, to serve the church, uh, to serve uh, the, the ministry of the gospel. Uh, and while that is a particular thing to those who are ordained, this idea, this gift of God is given to all of us. It is the gift of faith. Uh, and as he says, I remind you to rekindle it. Now, before that, he has just talked about those who first stoked that fire and, and sparked the fire of faith within Timothy. Of course, this is the work of the Holy Spirit, as he says, uh, but uh, it is also through the means of people. And St. Paul names them for us. This is a wonderful little gift that he gives to us, these names. He says, I am reminded of your sincere faith, a faith that lived first in your grandmother Lois and your mother Eunice, and now I am sure lives in you. You can see this family tree of faith that has been passed on from grandmother to mother to son, right? Uh, Generation to generation passed down this faith. And of course, this is something we can all relate to. Maybe for you, it was a grandmother or a mother who nurtured in you the faith that had been nurtured in them by someone else. And they did this in any number of different ways. Placing in your hands the Holy Scriptures, teaching you how to pray, maybe starting off with those bedtime prayers or mealtime prayers, introducing uh, to you uh, what it means to live in Christian fellowship by bringing you to church uh, and eventually to the Lord's Supper. Uh, And to to teach you, really, kind of complex, abstract things like the idea that there is this God whom you cannot see with your own eyes, but who loves you with an everlasting love. You know, for a small child, uh, 
you know, they, they see, they sense. And they, I was just talking to someone today and they were talking about their grandson who is just absorbing everything around them. And he says, you have to watch what you say and do around him because they're absorbing it, right? Uh, but how do you absorb something that you can't see, right? That you can't imitate, right? Uh, and so this is part of what we do as parents and grandparents, uh, in nurturing the faith in others is, is teaching them, uh, you know, and reading to them through the scriptures, talking about our faith with them. And in these ways, the faith that was given by the Holy Spirit at their baptism is nurtured within them, right? And this spark becomes a, a living flame uh, of faith within them such that at a certain point in their life, they will come here and before God and everybody say, yes, this faith that was entrusted to me, that was given to me by the Holy Spirit, nurtured through my family of faith, now I claim as my own. And here in just a few weeks' time, we will have confirmation. Three of our young people will make that bold confession of faith, claiming that faith as their own. So I want you to consider who were those people who introduced this faith to you, who, in whom this faith first lived and now was passed down to you. Perhaps it was a grandmother, a mother. Maybe it was uh, not a relative at all. Maybe it was a friend or even a coworker, somebody who sparked this faith, kindled it. Stoked the fire a little bit within you uh, and encouraged you such that now you call this faith your own. And we need that rekindling from time to time, right? Because there are times where our faith, uh, it seems to be that blazing fire and times where it seems like it has just gone down to almost cold coals left, uh, you know, left over. Uh, there in, in, the, in the fire pit. And we wonder, is there any life there at all? Right? And we need somebody like Timothy needed St. Paul to come along and whoosh, blow that spirit, stoke the fire a little bit, uh, and rekindle that flame. You can hear it in the apostles as they said to Jesus in our gospel lesson today, Increase our faith. Now, uh, you'd have to go into the, your Bibles to, to look at the context in which they said this, but immediately before this, Jesus has given them some really difficult words about forgiving people as many as seven times as they, as they have wronged you to continue to extend mercy again and again and again to that person. And the apostle's response isn't, yep, got that. It's increase our faith. I'm going to need more faith to do this, God. Uh, if you expect me to do that, I'm going to need more faith. Increase our faith, they say. But Jesus says, you don't need to have your faith increased. If you had faith even the size of a mustard seed, you could say to this tree, be uprooted and cast into the sea, and it would obey you. Now, I'll tell you, I don't have that kind of faith. 
I could use that kind of faith because the other day uh, we were trimming trees and uh, I didn't even need a whole tree uprooted. I just needed the branches uprooted and taken to the back of the yard where we can trim them up and burn them. (laughs) And that was a lot of work. I could have used faith, even just a sliver of a mustard seed. But I can't do that. I can't speak to trees and have them be uprooted. And this is the point Jesus is saying. You don't need even faith the size of a mustard seed. (laughs) Impressive as that is, the things you could do with that, that tiny little bit. The minuscule, maybe atomic level of faith that is needed to just do, as he continues through this parable, to say, just do the thing that you've been ordered to do. And when you do it, don't do it with any sense of entitlement as to, oh, look at me and what I did but simply say in humility and in gratitude, yes, I've done what I was told to do. And to give thanks to God for the opportunity to live in his kingdom and to serve as he has called us to serve. That is what faith really is about, is to be used, to be lived out. That's what Habakkuk says in our Old Testament lesson today. The prophet Habakkuk looked at the world around him, looked at Israel, and and things were not going well. He saw injustice everywhere. And he said to God in this prayer, How long, O Lord? How long must I put up with this? Can you relate? Looking at our culture around us, at the injustice that is done, at at the seeming chaos within the systems of of government and society, and you wonder, uh, it all seems to be going to hell in a handbasket. God, how long? How long do we have to put up with this? How long are you going to let this go on? This is the cry of Habakkuk, the prophet. Now, we actually don't, in our uh, lesson for today, we didn't hear God's answer But it's not the answer Habakkuk was looking for. See, Habakkuk wanted the injustice within Israel, the kingdom of Israel, to be corrected, uh, to be made right, uh, to be undone, uh, and for for good to reign. Uh, And God says, all right, I'm going to do it, and here's how. I'm going to raise up the Babylonian Empire. They're going to come in. They're going to crush you, and uh, they're going to cart you off into exile. You could hear a pin drop (laughs) in Habakkuk's prayer room as he is trying to absorb what the Lord has just told him. Wait a second, God. That's not exactly what I had in mind when I was praying for justice to be done. When I was praying, oh Lord, how long? And yet, that's how God responds. God is going to do what God is going to do because God sees the whole picture. And God has God's plans. And newsflash, they don't always line up with our own preconceived ideas of what those plans should be. But they're always for our good. And so it is that later the prophet Habakkuk uh, is praying to God uh, and, and he says, uh, I'm going to wait. I'm going to wait on you, God. 
uh, I'm going to stand at my watch post, station myself at the rampart, and I'm going I'm to see what you're going to say to my complaint because I'm complaining. I don't like this, what you're doing. And God's answer to him is this. The righteous live by their faith. Not by their sight, not by what they can prove, not by what they can, uh, can absorb uh, in, their, in their reason, right? Not what makes sense to them, but they live by faith. They live by trusting that God is God, by trusting that God is good. This is the rekindling that we need in us. We need that reminder because we look at the world around us and, and we can't make sense of it. And we read God's word, we hear God's word, and sometimes it doesn't line up with what we think, how th- we think things should be. And we say, oh, and that's a tough word for us. How are we going to respond? We, we have to be patient, be still, and wait on the Lord. We need that rekindling of faith first given to us at our baptism, fanned into faith by those who have come before us, by this community of brothers and sisters in which we live, and by hearing his word and living it out, trusting in him, step by step. St. Paul also writes to Timothy at the end of our reading, guard the good treasure entrusted to you. This word for guard uh, is, uh, can be translated as, as like hold, right? To, to guard it, to hold it close, protect it. But it's also to, to keep, which you can kind of see, kind of like hold on to, but it's also uh, to uh, um, maintain, right? To keep it, to maintain it. Maintain this good treasure entrusted to you. Don't let it go dormant. Right? You can sit by a fire and not do anything, not guard it or keep it, and what's it going to do? Go out. Eventually, it'll just fizzle out. St. Paul says, don't fizzle out. <laughs> don't let it fizzle out. Guard it. Maintain it. Keep it. Stoke it. <sighs> Breathe into it. But you're not alone in this. He says, with the help of the Holy Spirit, living in us. You're not alone. You can't maintain your faith on your own. Try as you might. It doesn't matter how much you go to church or read your Bible or pray. If you're trying to do it on your own, poof, good luck. Ain't gonna work. You need the Holy Spirit. And guess what? He's here, given to you a gift. So trust in Him. Wait on Him. And He will lead you step by step by faith to live out to do the things that he has asked you to do. The apostles, they had prayed, looking at their culture, how long, O Lord, till you send your Messiah? And then they walked around with the one that they confessed to be, the Christ, the Messiah, the anointed one. They watched as he healed people, as he righted wrongs, and as he preached good news. And then they watched as the one in whom they had placed all their hopes died on the cross. And at that moment, in those days that followed, they did not have faith. 
It was taken from them as they watched the one in whom they had placed their faith die. They had no hope in those days. But on the third day, our Lord Jesus rose from the dead and rekindled their faith. In fact, placed in them a new faith that is, again, not based on sight, but is based in this truth of who he is. The one who conquered death, as St. Paul says, our Savior, Jesus, who abolished death and brought life and immortality to light through the gospel. That crucifixion, death, resurrection of our Lord Jesus, that is the substance of our faith. That doesn't line up with what makes sense in our heads. It doesn't uh, look convenient for our day-to-day lives and the things that we do or are ordered to do, like forgive our neighbors time and time again when they have wronged us. The answer isn't to ask God for more faith. He's given you all that you need. The answer is to trust in him. To trust that the Holy Spirit who lives in you is at work and that he will lead you step by step. Whatever it is that you are facing this week, fan that, that flame of faith into life. Blow into it. Stoke the fire. Trust that the Holy Spirit is alive in you. And though you may not see the whole plan laid out, trust that the Lord who is alive and who conquered death is with you and that he is good and he will bring you to that good that he is working in this world. In the name of Jesus, amen.